Welcome to the Booker's Alliance podcast, where we hold the pencil and the pencil is power. Coming at you right now is your host, Marky Mark, along with the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Donaldson. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing landscape of professional wrestling. So hang on tight, you jabronis, and enjoy the ride. Hey, welcome in, welcome in, everybody. Thank you for joining the Booker's Alliance podcast. We're doing a special episode today. We are doing a watch-along from SummerSlam 1991, the match between Brett, the Hitman Hart, and Mr. Perfect. And Frank, I believe this is for the Intercontinental title. Is that correct? Definitely for the Intercontinental title here. There, there's there's our, one of our friends there in the front row that's always at the events. I don't know if you guys remember that guy, but the dark-skinned guy with the blonde color flat top, that was at every pay-per-view when you were a kid. I thought he was on the roster for a long time. <laughs> Kind of like green shirt guy is. Yeah, absolutely. I know WWE found him at some point in time and they brought him in and had a conversation with him about, you know, how he was able to get those tickets and things like that. But yeah, we're getting ready to load up the match here, doing Mr. Perfect's entrance with the coach, the original coach. Nice. Nice. Ah, the belt flies the belt off. just flew off. Boy, it looked like it, it was looser than them Velcro ones are well, now. That, that was a sign of the times because <laughs> from the way this match ends, I think that was a little foretelling there, a little foreshadowing. And if you guys want to cue this up with us, we're in uh, SummerSlam 1991. That's on the season old, three. On the old Peacock. Yeah, that's season three, which I don't know what season, how seasons work with it, but season three. Yeah, match number three. Right around the uh, yo, 17 minute mark there is where we started this match from. 1737. Uh, so we're currently watching uh, the match kind of get started here. They're doing the ring entrances. Gotta say, Bret Hart, for what he was back in the day, but he was the man back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had that cool look. You know, you see him just put the sunglasses on the kid there. That You know, that was endearing to the fans. But just look at him and perfect. I mean, you know, they were that new generation of wrestler you know we were of course later on in this event we got a hulk hogan and ultimate warrior tag team match but they were kind of the outgoing superstar style and bret hart and mr perfect were more the incoming younger quicker faster superstar style so you know they always the old story goes you know the uh the differences in techniques always make for the better matches would you say these guys have a difference in technique or they're kind of both technical wrestlers wouldn't yeah you they're definitely both technical i mean they as you see drop down hip toss well, Ooh, i know coming into this spin. they made they definitely made for a good match but i remember coming into this mr mr perfect's back was all jacked up it was why he ended up leaving wrestling for a period of time he just wanted to put, you know, put the, you know, do the honors, do the right thing, put the belt on the next guy. Something that Bret Hart wouldn't do just a few years later, but that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> All right. So we got a, a headlock right now, currently in the middle of the ring, shoving off into the ropes. Oh, ooh, crucifix. Crucifix pin. One, nice. two, no way. Mr. Mr. Perfect don't go down. Ah, headlock oh, takeover again. Nice. MJF would be proud of that move. There you go. <laughs> now, you said you don't remember this match, huh? I do not remember this My match. My goodness. I do not. We were talking about you were a young buck then. You were a yes. little rude boy. Rag 11, 11 here in 19. Yeah, you, were, you weren't ready. <laughs> I do remember, though, being a huge Bret Hart fan, though. I, I respected Bret. Oh, yeah. I think everybody did at this point. I mean, this was his first match for a, a singles title, you know, after coming off of that long Hart Foundation run that he had, Jim the Advil Neidhart. You know, just coming in, Jim was out at the time. You know, he was out of the WWF, and 
like I said, you know, Brett had the pink and black, and you know, it, that was when kind of neon pink was in. Mm. Will Smith and the Fresh Prince were around. They were wearing the neon pink, and you know, it was just starting to become a, a fad. Brett kind of got on top of it right at the beginning. All right, so we currently have them both here. We're still in headlock takeover modes. We're doing headlocks, bouncing off the ropes here. Ooh, speaking of the ropes, man. Got to get a feel for each Th- other. Throwback to the classic red, white, and blue ropes. Oh, yeah, the old red, white, and blue ropes. Red, so white, that was like the toys. I remember yeah, the toy rigs. They used to have the red, white, and blue ropes, too. Although those ropes were trash. I mean, I remember oh, having the ropes so and they trash. would snap apart. I had so many snap apart. In the first month, my then you mom, had to tie a little knot in the yep, middle. And tie the knot. And then my mom was like, we're not getting in more of that and all that stuff. I had to do shoelaces at one point. Yeah, the, yeah, the, rig, the rigs weren't of the best quality. but No. What, what can you say? They Little did we know, ECW would revive those rigs a few years later and start holding actual wrestling matches in them. <laughs> so we got Coach here. Now, what 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 role was Coach playing? So this was when Bobby the Brain, he didn't really wanted to get out of managing. So, you know, he was Kurt Hennon's manager before. Bobby wanted to hang it up. He wanted to kind of move more to the broadcast booth. So he let go of all his charges. And Mr. Perfect always had a manager. So he just kind of moved on over under coach. And he's not any man of importance, not that I recall, correct? Uh, coach was coach is somebody. I can't remember who I can't remember who played coach though, because he's got the glasses and the hat on. But yeah, coach was he was a he was another he's an old time wrestler from eighties. Gotcha, gotcha. So we got uh, action continuing in the ring. It's kind of a stalemate so far, move for move, trying to get at each Uh-oh, other. Leg sweep, nice. sharpshooter top, sharpshooter oh, top. Using it early. Uh oh. We too. Right, we ain't gonna get Uh-oh, this Mr. Early. Perfect's got the ref's leg. Is that Dave Hebner there or Earl Hebner there? Oh, <laughs> that's Earl. <laughs> stop to the gut. Ah, oh. got the uh, the Earl Hebner. Dude, all the Hebners, dude. They there was some good referees there. Oh yeah, they they even even down to the sun. Brian Hebner, you know they they made refereeing a, a, a classic thing. You know they carried that all through. Noticing the simplicity of the moves. Oh yeah, very simplistic. Just headlocks, clothesline over the clotheslines. There you go. Very simplistic moves. Vince McMahon on the call called it an uppercut. It was a clothesline. Good job, Vince. What a maneuver! What a maneuver! All right, <laughs> get old Vince on the announcement. Good lord, I don't miss those. Where days. was Gorilla at, at this time? What the <laughs> hell are they thinking? I don't miss those days. All that Gorilla they got in the back there. They got Vince on the call here at SummerSlam. <laughs> What a maneuver. Now, Kurt's got shorter hair in this one. Yeah, I'm telling you, Kurt had back problems, and I think they, I think Kurt was needing need some surgery going on there. You see him holding his back as he's walking out. Yep. Bret Hart pulls the singlet off of his body. Bret trying to strip him. Good Lord. Yeah. We'll see what happens here next. I don't know if he intended on stripping him. I think that was just another one of those kind of faux pas that you have to work as through. As long as he don't do like Wardlow. Wardlow about lost his pants. Yeah, that singlet. <laughs> Wardlow was trying to make friends that day. He was trying to get over, as they call it. Definitely, definitely a slower pace match. Oh, oh, look at Stu and Helen. Stu hard up there saying, uh, "Brett's <laughs> gonna win." Uh. <laughs> hey, now Stu, Stu been through a lot. Hey, I took I took that invitation straight out of the Bruce Pritchard playbook there for something to wrestle. <laughs> Check it out when you get a chance. Good podcast. Oh, I just noticed they're in the garden. Oh yeah, Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania one, WrestleMania ten. A lot of main event matches happened in the Garden, but yeah, SummerSlam '91 happened there too. I always tell with the Garden with that iconic roof. 
Yeah, yeah, that the weird entrance. Yeah, you know, the, the entrance was always weird in the garden. They'd always position it in a funky way. That's just because they wanted to try to get as many people as they could in the garden. Yeah, and they still do that today. As a matter of fact, uh, sidebar here, we still watching a match, but uh, come to find out, the sets that uh, WWE usually run for all their PLEs, those are a thing of the past, according to Triple H. Oh no! So what do we go? What are we gonna have now? Just so the set, that they, the, set? well, the set that they had for. Um, the PLE in Puerto Rico, uh, what they just went through with Money in the Bank, that is going to become the new norm because they want to get more fans into the building and they want the fans closer to the product. Uh, we'll see how that goes around WrestleMania time when they have to make that big, grand, elaborate stage. It'll be your big four. We'll probably get your elaborate sets. Um, but you know, the rest of your PLEs, they're saying that they want it, they want the fans closer to the product. Oh, well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, so we're still in the match here. Definitely a slower paced match. You know, you might have to wake me up here in a minute, Frank. Well, these are two vets here. I mean, they know what they're. Watch this slingshot here. They they know what they're doing here. They're they're two vets. They know how to work the. They know how to work the crowd. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. You take them on a slow build, then when you get to the peak, you get real hot, then you run it down and bring it to the end. There it is, slingshot right into the right into the guardrail. Into somebody. Who is that? That's a photographer. A cameraman? Yeah, that's back in the day where the photographers used to be real close. They'd oh, sit the right, right on the outside of the rig. Yeah, for the wrestling magazine. That could have been Bill Apter right there. Who knows? <laughs> Paul Heyman. No. All right. <laughs> oh, and that's the old style barricade too. Just the rails. Yeah, the old bike, the old bike racks. <laughs> All right, we got Brett making a comeback here on Mr. Perfect. Still no big, huge moves. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 here we go. All right. Roll up. O'Connor roll there. Ooh. Uppercut right into the stiff. right into the esophagus. Stiff as looking. Gorilla punch would to say. That face. was right into the esophagus. Perfect says, my hand hurt after that. Damn. Yeah. That was Perfect's way of saying, hey, slow it down here. I, I got back problems. But if you had to ask him, he'd say that punch was perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> and he'd spit his gum out and clap throw it in the crowd. <laughs> All right, so we got him. Well, they've been working the corners here in this match, too. Yeah, well, perfect soon. Perfect's hobbled right now. You know, he can't do a lot of running and all that other. He's got to take it methodical. Ooh. Big Ric Flair chop in the corner. Ah, that was before we did the woos. No, no, no. I got to bring it to the woos. Yeah, that was, this is only a few months before Rick actually got here to the WWE. Yeah, because he what, Rumble 92, right? Yeah, he won Rumble 92, but he got he was here for Survivor Series 91. He kind of came right after this, this SummerSlam. Bobby Heaton started introducing the the real world's title. Did he get there faster the, than Veer? Faster than who? Veer. You know, Veer is coming. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was Veer's wife that was close to those. <laughs> All right. Touch. The old snap man that, that Mr. Perfect used to do where he jumped over your head and then snapped your head down. That's where, what Charlotte called that, the natural selection, wasn't it? There, something like that. Similar to it, similar to it. That's vintage Mr. Perfect there. To vintage take a quote, Perfect. I'll take a quote from the coal miner himself, Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah, he is. Vince, he's toying with him. All right. <laughs> All right. Irish whip off the ropes into a reversal. Set up for a backdrop. Oh, Brett ducked his head too early. Kick in the face by Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect with the drop kick. Bret Hart rolls out of the ring to take a breather. All right. Mr. Perfect feeling real confident right now. He's a, he said, I'm the man. I'm absolutely perfect. <laughs> All right. It's funny. 
Sometimes I have a hard time remembering these matches, but I don't forget the catchphrases. <laughs> no, the, some of that, some of that stuff gets ingrained. I mean, you hear it so you. much; it's ingrained <laughs> in there. Every Saturday morning, you hear it. Absolutely, <laughs> Sunday morning, hell, Monday night for me. I used to stay up late and watch the prime time show. Bobby the Brain Heated uh, is a broadcast journalist. He does have a right to his opinion. I agree. One of the greatest commentators. Absolutely. Not, a good, not, not partnered up with Vince, though. I mean, that, no. that's asking Bobby to do a lion's share of the work there. All right, look at Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect both in the corner on the middle rope on the outside. Now, if this was today's time, these boys would be getting ready to go through a table. Well, that would have turned into a triple hurricane rata yeah. there somehow <laughs> yeah. or another. And then All per- right, perfect, perfect for the cover. Hebner out of position. Oh, my God, Hebner, come on. <laughs> Mr. Brett Perfect's was, bad about it, too. Look, he's giving him the business. Brett was already all up underneath the rope. <laughs> ah, that don't count. <laughs> Hebner was out of position. Yes, he didn't see that. Uh, per- Perfect was giving Hebner the business. Hebner had to fire back, tell him, hey, wait a minute. I'm the boss around here. <laughs> Looking like. Yeah, Gorilla is. Gorilla said, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. That's, a, that's, such, a, that's such a Gorilla Monsoon adage right there. I love it. Back to the corner. They work in the corners. They work in them corners. Yeah, I told you Mr. Perfect was hobbled up here. He, had, he couldn't really do a whole lot of moving, so he had to stay in the. Stay in them, them stationary holds. Uh, Bret Hart with a hair bear there. Mr. Perfect just slugging by the head, which would be a move attributed to all women's wrestling in the late 90s. <laughs> the hair whip. Hair bear was part of every match in, in all the women's wrestling throughout the Attitude Era. <laughs> Another Irish rip again. Bret Hart doing all the running. Oh, Mr. Perfect into a sleeper hole. Oh, I was my going for goodness. a sling blade there for a minute. That's, all, that's, what, he, that's what he was working out of. <laughs> Sleek Blade 20 years too soon. <laughs> right now, a six-year-old Seth Rollins is like, hey, I could use that one day. <laughs> Not well, though. Did you see that Raw recently where Seth kind of blew the Sleek Blade? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, turned into, uh, yeah, that turned into a bit of a mess. Some bad timing on that one. Yeah, that, that six-man tag there. Finn Balor went for the – and Seth throws the Sleek Blade. you think he would have been the one to take it very well. But, yeah, somehow or another, he got all bungled up in that. Sleeper hold, a move no longer used hardly anymore in today's wrestling scene. Which is strange. I, I just posted not, the other, not too long ago Bobby Lashley sleeper holding a damn watermelon that he cracked in half and had burst. <laughs> Seems like Bobby Lashley would be doing the sleeper hold and not the full Nelson, but – Guess with arms like that, it really doesn't matter. If he start, if he get if he gets you and then he starts cranking, no matter what hold it's in, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> All right, so now we got perfect still on the offense. Seems like this has been a little lopsided here as far as offense wise. Brett's taking a lot of punishment in this match. Oh, Bret Hart with that with that sturdum first drive into the turnbuckle. Oh my goodness. About like Kevin Owens taking him power bombs on the steps. Yeah. Although did you see AEW? They put a ban on that now. There won't be too many more power bombs onto the onto the steps and on the edge of the ring and things like that. Yeah, I got a difference of opinion on that though. I don't think that's real. I I don't know. I think some. I think TV got in Tony's ass mm-hmm. a little bit on that one and said, "Hey, wait a minute." No, I don't think it's real because of the verbiage that they put in there. They're saying that these moves are illegal and banned moves unless they are approved by the producer of your match. 
Uh, perfect set. He's going to get him right here with the perfect plex. Perfect Ooh. plex. No one kicks out of that. That's over. Oh, my God. Did that Bret Hart just move. kick out of the perfect plex? That finishing move was about as bad as Hogan's leg drop. I oh, no. That, that perfect plex was one of the mm-hmm. most dominant finishers of the yeah. early 90s. Look, yeah. look how upset Mr. Perfect is. like John Cena's AA. He knows there's something wrong with that. Mr. Perfect <laughs> said, you're jobbing me now, buddy. Simple fireman's carry. Ah, somebody as strong as Cena throws you down and... That ain't no fireman's. In, in, in that logic, the F5 would be the same thing. But when a guy like Brock's throwing it, oh, inverted atomic drop by Bret the Hitman Hart. That vintage Bret Hart there. <laughs> now, normal atomic drop into That's Mr. Perfect. Another, oh. another move you don't see much in today's wrestling landscape. No, you don't get the inverted atomic drop often. See a punk threw it last week, but he was doing it as an homage to Bret Hart. <laughs> Oh, no, now, another hair bear. So now, oh, oh, Mr. Perfect took the hair bear and then took a baseball slide right into the point, right into the corner post. <laughs> Family jewels just got injured there. Family <laughs> jewels. All right. Bret Hart setting up for a snap suplex. He always had a crisp suplex. There it is. Mm. Kick your kick your old legs in the air. That's snap suplex. Beautiful there. little float over there, too. Oh, yeah. That was before. That was a commonplace thing. You know, that float over that was. And these, those are the kind of things that made Brett cool back in those days. Right. You know, when, when after seeing all those years of Hogan wrestle, then when you see a guy that can actually do technical wrestling like this. But I want you to notice something. Like, did you see he went for the he went for the suplex and then a float over? Then he went for a small package. Now he's going to do the Russian leg sweep and then into a cover. You notice how, like, unlike current day or modern day wrestling they're not hitting finisher after finisher after finisher for these false finishes they're building up to it they're able to do basic wrestling holds and get a kick out that has just as much oh backbreaker on mr perfect with a bad back so do you think this is what randy orton and edge was trying to get over a couple years ago when they had the best wrestling match ever i i think it was the idea but Edge, let's be honest, Edge and Randy Orton ain't Mr. Perfect and Bret the Hitman Hart. So, you know, those two guys saying they're going to have the best wrestling match ever is the equivalent of Cia Punk saying he's the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> Anybody can say it, but these guys actually got video footage that we're here watching today that can kind of prove where their names would be etched. Randy Orton, Cia Punk, John Cena, Edge, those guys, they all came from a completely different era. So them trying to do a catch as catch can type wrestling match like that, nah, that ain't going to work. Nah. Could you imagine any of them four names and get in there with Kurt Angle and have a best wrestling match? Nah. No way. Kurt would school them all day. Absolutely. You'd run those two. You'd run all four of those guys ragged at the same time. <laughs> now, what I would like to see, though, is 1991 Bret the Hitman Hart against, let's say, 2002 Kurt Angle. Oof. Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about 60-minute Iron Man match? Amazing. Oh, yeah. I know Kurt said that was one of the matches that he regrets never having in his career, but he just came, he came right after the screw job, like literally right after the screw job. He came in, and you know, and then Brett went to WCW and got injured and never wrestled again. Oh, so, you know. Brett going for the sharpshooter. Coach gets involved. Ah, coach, coach takes, takes a haymaker. Is this Jonathan Coach? Coachman? <laughs> no. Ah. Oh, oh, a low blow Bret by Hart the kick his, of the rope. Bret Hart was standing on top of the middle rope over there, lambasted coach with the verbal tirade, and Mr. Perfect comes in and kicks that middle rope right in the lower lumbar. Is that Harvey Whippleman? No, no, Harvey Whippleman was kimchi. 
<laughs> True. Oh, oh wow. to the bread basket. Yeah, that was that. He did that. That wasn't exactly like the stop that Bret the Hitman Hart does, which would go into your abdomen. That was a little low there, Mister Perfect. To the twig and berries, Kurt Hennig. <laughs> the sausage and potatoes. Uh oh, Kurt Hennig. A leg oh. drop in, leg drop into the bread basket. You see that little pop up he did there? Yeah, that was a little Jeff Hardy esque. There you go. Now I see where Jeff Hardy might get yeah, that move. Jeff bro. was six right around the time this match was. Uh oh. Oh, he tried it again, but what's that going to oh, do? Oh, we, Hitman's locking him up. Hitman's going to roll him over. Hitman rolled him over oh, right, into the sharp right into the shooter. shooter. That's it. That's it. Perfect quit. Perfect quit. Perfect quit. Brett Hitman Hart, your winner. That new <laughs> WWF Intercontinental Champion. Nice. Stu Hart over there cheering him on. Uh, Brett Hart won. Uh. <laughs> Nice. That all happened so fast. I didn't even see Perfect. Didn't quit. even know it was coming, did you? <laughs> no. Look, Perfect still in there trying oh, to get damn. his. He trying to get his comeuppance. Take his take his strap all the yeah, way. Yeah, he's getting completely stripped. Jeez. Well, you know that's what they say when you when you're retiring, you leave your boots in the ring. Well, Perfect couldn't leave his boots in there, so he left his whole singlet in there. Man. Well, I tell you what, that was a great match from SummerSlam 1991 with Brett becoming the new. Intercontinental Champion. This match is what you call an instant classic. Instant classic. All right. All right. Well, what do you think, Frank? How, how did you like that, watching it back all these years later? I, that's one of those matches that I could watch again and again. I mean, I've seen it a hundred times before. I'll probably see it a hundred times going forward. But, you know, it's always, again, it stands the test of time. Like I said, it just shows the difference of today's product versus what we had then, you know, not all those, you know, high deftifying, you know, finishing type moves that old that somehow or other these guys magically kick out of every Wednesday night, every Monday night. You know, they just had simple wrestling, small packages, you know, neck breakers, stuff we're like about, that. We're talking about wrestling moves, right? Yeah. When you they, say small packages. Yeah. Just so making sure. They used to do all that back in the day, and they, <laughs> they made for good, interesting matches with the false finishes and that, but there wasn't... You know, that Dyer, oh, my God, you know, he just destroyed him. You know, we didn't have a Canadian destroyer every three matches or what's that What's that move, the something 91? Tiger Driver yeah, 91. Yeah, we didn't have to have a Tiger Driver 91 for <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart to go over. You know what I mean? <laughs> no moves on the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, we didn't have to kill each other to get where we were going, and, you know, but somehow or another that match is still able to stand the test of time, and now all these kill-yourself guys, after learning from that, have taken it just to the next level. So matches like these are always going to be epic to me. Nice. All right, everybody. We uh, hope you enjoyed that watch along. That was a pretty cool. It's the second one we've done. We hope to do more of those coming in the future. Uh, just a different take on our podcast that we're doing every week. Uh, so tell us what you liked about that match. Tell us what you thought. If you didn't, you're like me. Maybe you didn't remember that match. Maybe you weren't alive when that match happened. Reach out on our social media platforms. Drop us a line. Tell us your thoughts on that. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here now, and we will see you guys soon. All right. Thank you, everybody. And with that, we bid you adieu. Peace. Today's podcast was produced by SBP. You can find our podcast on all major podcast platforms. Also connect with us on our social media accounts. Search for The Booker's Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.